At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including... CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Radio X across Europe, and on the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you'd like to send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And our radio website at www.exoneradio.com. Exonation, my guest this hour is Mark Stavish. And uh, Mark is uh, the Director for, of Studies for the Institute of Hermetic Studies. It is a lifelong student of esotericism with um, over 35 years' experience in comparative religion, philosophy, psychology, and mysticism with emphasis on Western spiritual traditions. Mark is the author of nearly 20 books, as well as edited and contributed to an equal number of publications. His writings are popular in several languages, including French, Russian, Portuguese, Spanish, Polish, and Estonian. And joining me now is Mark Stavish. And Mark, welcome back to the Exxon. It's been a long time since you've been with us. Oh, it has. It's great to be back. You're still as busy as ever. Uh, even more so. <laughs> even even more so. Mark, let me ask you this. Uh, why do you think the New Age genre is is getting more popular each and every day? Well, a, a lot of it has to do just with exposure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, on my blog, I write about that, that we see, and we have some videos on YouTube that discuss that, the, the increasing appearance of esotericism, occult, uh, magic, spiritual themes of various sorts, I mean, all across the spectrum, in mass media. Do you so, think, I mean, you can't even turn on the TV now, and, and I think there's 15 or 16 at any one time shows just on uh, the paranormal and hauntings. Yeah. It, now, they're not all that good, that's true. but they're on, and people are watching them. That's true. The ratings have just come out, and they're starting to plummet. In fact, a number of uh, networks are planning on uh, not renewing a number of these programs, because the major complaint that they're getting from viewers is it's so fake, it's so phony. Well, and that's it, but they were there, and what that does is that's, as we say, yeah. I don't want to call it just grist for the mill, but it's, it's fertilizer for a future generation. So they know the theme is popular. They know that people are watching. So whether it goes to fiction or attempts at nonfiction, like those reality shows mm -hmm. that you just mentioned, uh, they're there. I mean, I, I just wrote a blog post. I said, you know, the, the show Supernatural, it's been on for, going on 12 seasons. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time for any show. Why does it have such a strong appeal? What is it about our psyche that people are projecting into the show and reading out of it? And it's not just fiction, okay? It's nonfiction as well. People see books on the shelves, how to make their lives better. I mean, they, they feel somewhat uh, disconnected from conventional religion or spirituality, mm -hmm. yet they still want something uh, that will help them learn about themselves and improve the quality of their life. But is, is it possible that the media is taking advantage of a weakened society? It always has. Always will. That's not the problem. It's what people, how people respond to it. What we have to be careful about is ourselves, you mm -hmm. and I, and, and folks in this field, is that we try to provide the best possible information we can to people. But the information we supply is only based on the people that we interview. And, you know, there's a lot of woo-woos out there, Mark. They seem to be coming out of the woodwork these days. 
I know, I know, and uh, you know, I, I always joke with folks. I said, you know, one of the reasons uh, I, I don't do a show is because I'd have to, you know, fill those slots every night or every week, mm-hmm. and uh, we can't always guarantee the the quality of the material. Sometimes you don't know till someone's on, but at the same time, you try your best. Uh, with us, it's a little different with someone in my position because I'm advocating a variety of practices. So what I suggest to people is say, you know. Look at the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at what the tapes or audios are saying. Does this sound reasonable and realistic for you? You know, if folks are making extreme claims, and they need to uh, give some, uh, you know, extreme proofs of the validity of their claims. But, but if they're just saying, you know, listen, learn how to meditate, learn how to pray, mm-hmm. learn how to come into relationship with yourself, and that will help make your life better, well, that's pretty good. I think that's always a safe place to start. Society, weak or strong, Exxon Nation, send me your comments. Studio at ExxonRadioTV.com. And Mark Stavish is my guest. And if you'd like to find out more about Mark, his, um, his blog is VoxHermes.wordpress.com. And his website is HermeticInstitute.org. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Happy Halloween, everyone. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. 
My dialogue with divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017. And the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. Mark Stavish is our guest, and uh, Mark, do you think that the paranormal or the new age genre is replacing established philosophies, religious philosophies? Well, I think uh, you know the, the answer is clearly yes. Uh, when we see uh, newspaper and magazine articles on about being uh, spiritual but not religious, mm-hmm. we get a, that, you know, some real big insight into what's going on through people's minds. They want spirituality, uh, but often, for better or worse, they want it on their own terms. And uh, what that means is they are dissatisfied with uh, what have up until now been a lot of the traditional means of of getting that information. And the question, too, Mm -hmm. is what is spirituality? I mean, people have different definitions of it. Uh, You know, if you look at it in Eastern terms, it really means understanding the nature of your own mind. But if you look at it in terms of a lot of uh, traditional monotheism, Mm -hmm. it has to do with notions of uh, salvation or afterlife experiences. So... What do we mean by spirituality? That's even a question there. Uh, tell us about the Hermetic, uh, the Institute, uh, the Institute for Hermetic Studies, and uh, how it came about and what it's all about. Well, the Institute for Hermetic Studies is a group that I run, it's an organization I run, and it started probably about 20 years ago. Uh, it was just a small group of people got together to study uh, classical Western spirituality, uh, Hermeticism, which is rooted in Egyptian beliefs was very popular during the Renaissance and then had a revival again in the late 19th and early 20th century, is the foundation of a lot of our beliefs, um, whether we recognize it or not. So uh, that's how we kind of got started, and we offer classes and seminars. As I said, you can 
go online and go to YouTube. We've got, I think, 30 or 40 different videos here. You can just watch at your leisure. And uh, it's a complete course in uh, spiritual uh, theory and practice. And, of course, we've got a lot of publications that go with it to support it. So that is uh, the Institute, and that's how we got started, and we've got a lot out there. And uh, you can then subscribe to our newsletter, our blog, if you will. You can read it there, Vox Hermes at WordPress is one way to get it, and read about a lot of commentary that we have on spirituality in current society. If you were to take a guess at the percentage of people who are seriously looking at uh, mysticism or the ancient philosophies compared to the most recent or the more recent religious philosophies, what would you say that percentage is right now? Uh, if you look at certain numbers, uh, we can say there's a large swath of people that are always interested, and that hovers around 5% of society. Mm -hmm. But if you, depending on how you define serious, it can be between one-tenth of 1% and 1%. So it's really not that big. No, not in the least. And and how we define serious has to do with, you know, regular daily practice, right. understanding of what is being done, uh, types of spiritual practices that are being undertaken, mm -hmm. uh, not just, you know, trying one thing one day and trying another thing another, you know, reading this book and reading that book. That's all very helpful to get a variety of different views or information, but at some point it's like any field of study or practice, whether you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, a musician, you've got to sit down in practice something. What would you consider to be Western spiritual traditions? Well, we have a lot of different names for them. Of course, one of them is Hermeticism, which comes from uh, Hermes, which is the Greek name for the Egyptian god Toth or Tehuti. And, of course, this is a body of knowledge that became popular in the Renaissance, known as Corpus Hermeticum. And uh, out of that, we see a lot of growth of other ideas, such as Rosicrucianism, or the mm -hmm. Rosicrucians, which is kind of a uncertain group of uncertain origin, but a very, very popular theme. And then, of course, over the centuries, other groups occur. Often this happened from what we remember as in terms of the group transmission of ideas. But there are also family transmissions and family lines, such as where I'm at, and even where you are in Ontario, you know, popular among the, what we call them, Pennsylvania Germans or Dutch, were a lot of practices of folk magic uh, that were clearly uh, hermetic and uh, we call them powwow or brauka. So it's not just the big names that we hear, right. uh, but such as Rosicrucianism or Hermeticism or groups like the Golden Dawn or different Masonic groups that may or may not have different uh, levels of esotericism in them. But the, it, it permeates all areas of society. And I think that's where Jocelyn Godwin, you know, he, in his book, he called it the Golden Thread. And that's really what it is. It's really a thread that weaves its way through experience in society and history. How would Western um, mystical or spiritual traditions help a person in their day-to-day -day life compared to, let's say, Christianity or uh, Islam or any of the other top religions? Well, if you look at it, that's where we're having a, a, a tremendous change. What we're seeing is the exteriorizing or the bringing into the public eye of that which was once esoteric or interior or inner or hidden, occult, hidden. Mm -hmm. So that is a problem in and of itself for understanding. Traditionally, esotericism would be studied as an aspect of the religion that you grew up in, because there really weren't a lot of choices. So you would come to have a deeper understanding of 
what your classical religion was. So with Judaism, that was Kabbalah, okay? Uh, with aspects of Islam, that was, you know, different Sufi teachings to some degree. Now, of course, I'm being general here. There are exceptions. But, and then within Christianity, you had different schools of Hermetic Kabbalah, Christian Kabbalah, okay, uh, alchemy, different things there. So as we see the decline of traditional religious views in the West, mm-hmm. and to some degree they're being replaced by Eastern views too, whether it be Tibetan Buddhism or yogas and all that. But as we see that decline, what we're seeing is an attempt to take what was once a part of that, but a deeper understanding of it, and make it more available to the public. And that is a very difficult thing to do, because if you haven't gone to Sunday school, it's kind of hard to study theology later on. Is it is it possible, Mark, that in this day and age there is no need for any religious philosophy that we as a human race have surpassed the need for the shepherd aspect? Well, you know, religion comes from the same word as yoga, to yoke, to tie ourselves to. So what are we yoking ourselves to? Uh, people yoke themselves to all sorts of religions. Um, Julius Evelich said that the last great religion, the last great monotheistic religion was communism. Mm-hmm because it fulfills all the obligations of a religion. So we have to be careful there that we don't just think of religions in terms of, you know, priests and potentates. You know, we can very easily find that satisfaction elsewhere whenever we look to any kind of yoking or tying ourselves to something. But, you know, it it takes a lot of effort to come to understand the nature of your own mind, which is really what this is all about. And without someone to guide you, it's very easy to uh, get lost. There are, you know casualties on the way when people start trying to understand themselves and don't really have either the discipline or the training to do it. Do you think that is one of the reasons why the world of psychics and mediums and other type of spiritualists are so prevalent in today's society among so many people is because they're looking for the answers that they believe that these people, who in my opinion are mostly charlatans, are going to provide them? Well, you know, uh, there's a great name for that, and it's kind of, well, it's called a spiritual materialism. It's where someone says, I, I, I want to understand the spiritual and the, you know, the psychic, mm-hmm. the paranormal, but I want all these proofs. Yeah. Now, I, I, under, I understand that, but, you know, when you're always looking for proofs outside of yourself and not learning the how to understand yourself, again, understand the nature of your own mind, understand, have those psychic experiences yourself and understand if they're true or just fantasies. If you're not doing the work yourself to break free of these illusions, then you're never going to know if that psychic, what that psychic tells you is true or not. Because most of the time it's just vague nonsense anyhow. But there are some that are good. But, yeah, it's buyer beware. And that seems to be the, the crutch of the problem that I have with much of the paranormal. It's buyer beware. Nobody takes responsibility. Well, not many people take responsibility when it comes to the, to the um, information that they dish out, or the psychic reading, or the, or the channeled message. Like, there's a lot of hoo-ha in it, and I, I think that people who give information out, and there are many psychics that I've come across, who take their role as a psychic and you know convert it into a counselor. And they create a dependency with the person who is actually calling them for, for guidance. Uh, what does that tell you about society when we have people who are willing to pay five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a minute 
to speak to a total stranger because the stranger has the marketing ability to to you know to make this person believe that they can actually do something that they can't well you hit the nail on the head there with the word marketing yeah it's about how do you reach out and connect with a potential audience who then in turn is going to uh, purchase your goods or services mm. and you know I've often said and having published almost 20 books or more myself because we've got so many in the pipeline I lose track I said you know when you sign on to a, a contract with a mainstream publisher they never once ask you does this work they just ask you how many copies can you sell it's a numbers game right so and you know that's okay if you're dealing with some reputable publishers and mm -hmm. have a good sense of conscience about them but now let's move on to what you said about these, uh, what does it say about people who are going to dial in? It, it's that sense of disconnect. What we've essentially done, along with the destruction of traditional religion, what we've also seen is really a destruction long before that of the traditional avenues of attaining esoteric knowledge. Okay, So that if someone really wants to understand themselves and undertake an esoteric path, uh, they really have trouble figuring out where to go. Now, and again, we, we can put as much on YouTube as we want, but people have to go, they have to watch, they have to listen, they have to take notes, they have to study, they have to practice. Then they have to contact us for more. And, you know, they see that as a lot of work. Now, I say, well, compare that to, you know, humping across the, the Libyan desert or, yeah. you know, the, the, the taking a, a slow boat to... Uh, Asia in the 19th century, early 20th century, to find a teacher who might be able to help you, and, and maybe not die of disease along the way. I mean, in some ways, we have it very easy now to get information, but we're so awash in it, we can't tell what is useful information from what is just trash, and at the yeah. same time, the varying degrees in between. And we see the same thing in the media because a lot of programmers are now scurrying to find any programs to fit their slots because of all the different channels that are now made available through the decentralization and the, and the lack of control in the television industry. Um, and you know what? Because there are channels that are dedicated to the paranormal because there is a niche. There is a certain niche. And they really don't care what they put on the air as long as they've got the spot filled. So I think that not only should members of the paranormal community take more responsibility for what they're doling out to the public, but so should broadcasters. And there should be a higher set rate of standards when it comes to what the public, you know, has access to, whether it's, you know, uh, buyer beware or not. Oh, that's been the argument about television since it first started. Yeah. Uh, the great television writer-producer, uh, Rod Serling, had some wonderful comments about uh, television. And he was in, in it when it when it when in its infancy, in the mm -hmm. 50s, when it was really becoming mass media. But, you know, I did a presentation recently at a paranormal conference, and it's on YouTube. Um, it's only 30 minutes long. You can listen to it. It has some mm -hmm. slides that go with it for illustrations, PowerPoint. You can, so you can either watch it if you want or just casually listen. But I talk a great deal about this, about how the media influences our view of the paranormal. Yeah, well, look at what the media does with our view on politics. You know, we don't have to go to the paranormal, but the media controls a lot of what people think and how they vote, how they buy, how they react, what they believe in and what they don't believe in. And I'll tell you something. 
There are many days when I am not proud to be a member of mainstream media. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. 
You were a pumpkin. I was a pumpkin, a big orange pumpkin. A big orange pumpkin. And when you were there a lot of children out there? Not so much. No? Did you get a lot of candy? Yeah, I got a lot of candy. Mommy's eating all the chocolate bars. Well, tell Mommy that's your candy, honey. Okay. Tell her. Mark Stavish is our guest, Exxon Nation, and uh, Mark and I are talking about, amongst other things, the media. We're talking about spirituality, mysticism, and uh, Mark is the Director of Studies for the Institute for Hermetic Studies. He is a lifelong student of esotericism. That's not called esotericism. Esotericism. Yeah. Esotericism, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oy vey. And he's got over 35 years' experience in comparative religion, philosophy, psychology, and mysticism. www.hermeticinstitute.org is the website. Like I was saying before we went to the break, Mark, there are many times when I'm, I'm not happy to be part of mainstream media because I think the media is going overboard. Uh, the major players in the media are just after one thing, money advertising dollars they really don't give a hoot about the viewer anymore or the listener all they are interested in is how much money they can make in fact it seems that a lot of hosts in my opinion are being pimped by the uh, by the networks well uh you're not going to find a lot of disagreement here yeah. and i think that's why i really encourage your listeners to go to youtube and mm-hmm. and uh find that uh 30-minute program that I did on, you know, magic media and the paranormal, uh, because it talks not only about magic media and the paranormal, but really that there is no difference, discernible difference, between the effects of magic, which is action at a difference through sight and sound, mm-hmm. and media uh, that they do use. If you look closely at their definitions and, and purported outcomes, um, they're they're really inseparable, or at least they're identical. And what we do is. Uh, we use them just as a, a magician or an occultist or a yogi uh, will manipulate images and sounds and ideas to create changes in consciousness, sure. and of course in the physical world as well, but it's mostly consciousness and then actions that they're concerned with, at least in the moderns. That's the sole purpose of media. The sole purpose of media is through sight and sound to elicit emotional responses in you that will then create uh, changes in your action. It's all about one word, manipulation. That's all it's about. And, and I've gotten in a lot of trouble over the last six months because I've written extensively on this. And mm-hmm. please go to my blog. You know, it's at WordPress. It's Vox Hermes. If you just type in my name, Mark Stavish, Vox Hermes, it'll come up and read the very extensive blog posts on the media and the paranormal and how these different manipulations take place because it's the same ideas and practices at work for the most part. It's October 31st. It's Halloween. Tonight, children or tonight, children are going door to door saying trick or treat and basically asking strangers to give them candy. Now, this every other part of the year is what we tell our children not to do. Don't take candy from strangers. But it's okay on Halloween when you celebrate a pagan ritual, a pagan holiday, and you get dressed up as a ghost and. You know, you're acting when an adult gets dressed up, according to psychologists. This is a way of 
acting out who they really want to be in life, not what they've turned out to be. Why do you think Halloween is still as popular as it is and gaining popularity each and every year, Mark? Because it's the only holiday that we have left that really allows us to delve deep into the notions of the psyche and the mm-hmm. paranormal and the afterlife it's in, 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 in magic and occultism. I mean, and these you know, pre-Christian roots we call paganism. Essentially, it's the only thing that allows us to do that, where we get to free the imagination. And the imagination is the key to all esoteric practices. And that's why you're always visualizing things. I mean, in Tibetan Buddhism and Vajrayana, they do a thing called uh, uh, visualiz- uh, a, uh, uh, deity forms, and you visualize yourself as a deity. Well, we in Western occultism call that assumption mm-hmm. of the god form. We visualize self as a, a god or something, a god, goddess. Well, what that does is that visualization allows you to overcome your limited sense of self and to connect with powers within you. Well, it's the same way when a child plays dress-up. It's even more concrete when they do it. So this is one of the last vestiges of real magic that we allow socially to happen. Um, and that's good, but at the same time... Um, we have to begin to understand, too, that, you know, you look at how children dress and how we, what, what are the costumes marketed to them, what are the ideas that are marketed to them. And uh, as one uh, uh, Dallas priest said, you know, you, if you want to know the direction of a country, look at the games its, children's, its children play. And so, you know, when you look at it at Halloween, uh, you just look at what are the most popular costumes. And one of the things we've done of, over the last, really the last 10 years, uh, maybe a little more, 15 years, uh, is we've really started to idealize and turn into heroes what were once villains and mm-hmm. anti-heroes. And we, we see that a lot now. Where yeah. The villain, and, and not even in a, maybe what we could say is an acceptable anti-hero way, like, you know, in the Magnificent Seven, you know, when we had these guys on the fringes of society who, who actually did some good with their right. skills. Yeah. What we're talking is about horrible human beings or horrible beings. You know, whether it's, uh, who was the first one, I think, Darth Maul from the Star Wars saga, where they really start to have emp- empathy for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, or now, you know, with, as I saw the other day when I was out with my kids, uh, the, uh, the new villain for The Walking Dead. I mean, this is just horrible, horrible images. But we pretend images don't have any meaning. Sight and sound, ah, oh, that's just fantasy. That's just, that's just make-believe. I said, you know what? Half of all advertising dollars are wasted. We just don't know which half. So if images and fantasy had no meaning, people wouldn't be paying millions of dollars for a 30-second Super Bowl slot. Exactly. It's a numbers game. Strictly a numbers numbers game. game. Why do you think shows like The Walking Dead are doing so well? I've seen that show. I think I watched about 15 minutes of it, and that that was enough for me. Uh, it's very simple. Um, people are dissatisfied with their lives. Uh, they feel that they are out of control. I mean, we look at the wide-scale uh, corruption uh, that goes on in politics, yeah. and um, the I don't like this phrase, the powers that be, you know, but it's, <laughs> they don't even hide it anymore. And I've seen widespread corruption right where I stand, literally where I'm standing in terms of local politics. I've seen it so blatant and so so widespread, um, and yet at the same time, now we see this on the national level, where uh, there's there's not even an attempt to hide it. So you see people who feel so out of control of their lives mm-hmm. that they want something different. Now, 
they're not going to go out and revolt against the state for better or worse. So what you see is now an escape into a wish-fulfilling apocalyptic fantasy. That is, if the world could end Mm -hmm. and we could start from scratch and have that wonderful reset, everything would be better. So you see those kinds of fantasies. And then, of course, you see these other kind of fantasies, which are just kind of a raw violence, which is where The Walking Dead falls into. And there's probably several other models out there, too, but it comes down to simply feeling powerless. So basically what you're saying is that when we have all these people who look towards the end of the world, uh, let's take uh, 2012, for example, mm-hmm. what, they're, what they're hoping for is a chance to, to start all over again. Yes, exactly. And, and what it is, is I tell a lot of people, you know, if you had something meaningful going on in your life, um, you know, you start a business yeah. or start something else, you, you wouldn't be as hung up on this. Sure. Is it going to change everything that goes on? No, but at least you'll change and you'll be able to do some good. And that's where people have to grow up. And that is, you know, part of the existential crises we experience is accepting what our limits are. Now, of course, spirituality can help us overcome those limits and that's where we talk about yoga mm-hmm. and Kabbalah and alchemy and magic and all these things. But you have to first recognize them what they are. So if I have to say one message for all your listeners, it's this. It all comes down to this. Understand the nature of your own mind. Because if you don't, other people will. And they'll know it better than you. And they will use it against you. That's called manipulation. So if you want to be free, mm-hmm. if you truly want to be free, if you want what freedom talks of, real freedom is illumination, is enlightenment. If you really want that freedom, then know yourself. It says, know thyself and you will know the gods. More good old uh, Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Um, yeah. If spirituality is real, how come there isn't just one set spiritual um, philosophy? Why are there so many different ones? Because people are different. People are different, and they have different experiences. When people people think of spirituality as a top-down experience, it's not. It's a bottom-up one. I mean, that's why when you look at different systems, they always reflect the culture they came from. That's one of the problems we have now in in America, is American spirituality reflects bottom-up American culture, rather than, say, what you would have had in a traditional uh, setting. Mm Mm-hmm. So spirit, how, how spirituality is presented, for better or worse, is, is always some degree in flux. It will always reflect the time, in, in many ways it will always reflect its time. So what you're looking for is, how do I find a spiritual path or methods that are time-tested and true and more or less unchanging, uh, that are not distorted by contemporary culture, whatever that happens to be? And that's what we call uh, traditional esotericism or traditional spirituality so basically it's up to the person to go out and shop and compare and find a spiritual philosophy that suits them yeah they have to and they have to be willing to be challenged by it too all too Mm -hmm. often we look at things that suit us just because they tell us that we're god's special snowflake and they stop there you know but yeah you have to find something that's compatible with your lifestyle i mean if, if you want to go to uh, you know, some Tibetan Buddhist schools, and you know they're telling you you need to do a three-month retreat or a one-month retreat before you can go on to the next practice. Well, just make sure that you have the money and the time to do that. 
So we, we have a certain lifestyle, uh, for better or worse, that has to be addressed, and our spiritual, ha- spiritual practices have to be able to fit within that, that life, whether it be a householder or, or someone who lives in a, you know, an apartment. Do you think that spirituality should cost a, a, a willing participant who wants to believe in that, that uh, philosophy money? Well, there's always cost of delivery of services. Even in spirituality? Well, yeah, because it's delivery of service. That, that priest or minister, you know, they eat. <laughs> you know, that person who you're dealing with eats. Well, I, I don't... Yeah, they need to have I, a roof over their head. I, I understand so, that. I understand that, Mark. But when you look at the beginning of all these philosophies, Jesus Christ, he didn't charge. He wasn't paid to give sermons. Buddha, the same. And you go uh, through well, all... Don't, don't even go there, because Jesus actually had some patrons, and Buddha came from... He was a, a, a wealthy mm-hmm. king, essentially a prince who stepped down and knew the royal system. Classical Buddhism, we see historically, Buddha ingratiated the Buddhism very early, into the royal structures of the areas where he went. They are masters at patronage. Sounds like they're so, masters of marketing as well. Yes, marketing. So I think I, I want to state that. I don't want to you know, be too hard, but that's a myth, or not a myth. That's an outright lie, what you just said. Not on your part, but that yeah. people spread around. Because what you see then is this notion that it should be free. Well, it is to a degree, but what is it that you then want? All right, Mark, stand by. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Mark Stavish is our guest, ExoNation, www.hermeticinstitute.org. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net.
this is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Exonation Mark Stavish is our special guest this hour, www.hermetic. Institute.org is his website. And uh, Mark, first of all, before we go any further, I want to thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's great talking to you. But let's talk about the, uh, finish off the conversation about, um, you know, should people have to pay for the uh, the delivery of services? Sure. You know, the thing is, you're always going to have to pay for something. You know, whether it's the book or the recording. I mean, fortunately, we have a lot of stuff for free yeah. on, on our uh, uh, tons of stuff for free on YouTube and on our, our website. But at some point, you know, if you want uh, different things, you know, go to seminars, you have to pay. The question is how much. And that's yeah. what you as an individual have to decide. And I always tell people this, look, don't get taken advantage of. Use common sense, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just if you, if you like what you're listening to and if, you're, if it's practicing it and it's helping your life and you're getting better, uh, in terms of how you feel and how you interact with others and how things go, wonderful. But do not allow yourself to get sucked into someone else's dream. You know, oh, this should help you in, in, fulfill your dreams, right. not have you become a tool for someone else's. And this is where the idealism of people, and I talk a lot about this, where their idealism is taken advantage of. You know, that you know, if you're a good practitioner or a good student, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to donate so much to the cause or they try to guilt you into doing things. You know, walk away from that. They may have other things that are good, but don't allow yourself to get sucked into that. So how would, so how, how would somebody know if they're getting uh, recruited by a cult or if they're just getting sucked in by a, by a religious philosophy? 
Well, usually the difference is, is it easy to get out? You know, in mm-hmm. one book I wrote, uh, Light on the Path, it had some instructions in there for forming spiritual groups. And one of them was that it should be as easy to get out of as it is to get in. And one of the things it also said about groups, you know, there should be kind of a graduation. You know, it, you know, it shouldn't be endless. Now, you may want to come back like an alumni or something like that, but th- there should be a sense of, of completion. One of the things we do is you see the language of family, where the teacher is referred to as father or mother, and your participants are your brothers and sisters. And that family language is very manipulative, um, and, and it's used to, to keep people uh, more or less in place. So all I say is just do not allow your altruism and your enthusiasm to be used against you unwittingly. What's your take on Scientology? I have none because I understand they have very deep-pocketed lawyers. So that means no comment? <laughs> I understand if you say anything bad about them, you get sued. So <laughs> I, I, I really know nothing about it other than uh, that um, Hubbard was involved with uh, Jack Parsons uh, right after the Second World War mm-hmm. and had some early connections with uh, the burgeoning science fiction and occult community in Los Angeles. But um, I have never read any of his books, and I've heard nothing good about it. So, Yeah, I'm but, you know, you know, because apparently, according to guests I've had on who were members of Scientology and were fortunate enough to get out, you know, there, yeah. there's the billion-year contract. Yeah, I mean, no. and this is where people, you know, they're... they're when they get involved in political movements, when they get involved in spiritual movements, because mm-hmm. they're both very similar, yes. you know, they pull on the same energies yeah. astrologically, you know, their, their common sense goes out the window. You know, and, and I guess Scientology appears to be one of them, where people just pay a small fortune mm-hmm. uh, for whatever they offer, and then, you know, they get your dirty secrets and then you can't get out. Um so I, I have nothing to do with them, and I, I've never really met anyone who had anything to do with them. Do you think there'll ever come a time in this history of this little third planet from the sun where there will be total peace and harmony, and that no matter what religious uh, philosophy you are part of or you believe in, that you'll get along with each other? Um, no, because uh, what do we mean by harmony? I mean, you know, if we, we expect the lion to lay down with the lamb, uh, in reality, then we've ignored the reality of, of um, material life. Uh, things eat each other. So how we begin to deal with violence mm-hmm. and accept it uh, is always the problem with those idealistic philosophies. But if it's not going to be possible, why pursue anything spiritual then? Because you as an individual can overcome. All spirituality is an individual practice. All liberation is individual. There's no such thing as collective awakening. I mean, if it were, then Jesus would have died on the cross and everything would have been fine, or Buddha would have had an awakening and everyone would be fine. But it doesn't work that way. You know, we, we have individuals must make themselves of their own efforts, and that's what spirituality is about, understanding and making yourself through your own efforts. Now, there can be, and I don't want to be, uh, I want to put this out there, mm-hmm. Historically speaking, they talk about the ages, you know, or the yugas, okay? So we can enter a time, if you want, where there is a greater sense of peace and a greater sense of harmony. 
But even there, there's kind of a downside to that. And the downside is that then things don't change that well and people grow very slowly. Whereas here in this time of great friction and uproar, people are forced to look at things. They're forced to make choices. So according to classical Indian or Tibetan uh, uh, philosophy, this time that we're in now is the time when we make the most spiritual progress because it is so difficult, because every choice must be consciously made. So in a sense, no time is better than any other. It's truly how we respond to it, what we bring to it, and get out of it. What words of wisdom do you have for the listeners around the world tonight, Mark? Again, just study carefully, look around, find some practices, develop a good daily meditation, a good daily relaxation meditation and prayer practice. Uh, Find a friend or a teacher who can help you, even if it's just irregularly, and come to know and understand your own mind. Because once you've done that, then you'll become to free yourself from any of these external influences and fears, and you'll be able to find peace within yourself regardless of what is going on around you. Everybody talks these days about meditation. What is the, the function of meditation? It is to relax. So Ultimately, what, I mean, meditation is relaxation. So why don't people say, you just need to relax? Why do they have to put the, the New Age spin on it? Well, when I say relax, I mean true relaxation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, of, not just of the body, but of the mind, too. So that when the mind is so relaxed that it is not asleep, mm-hmm. but that it is undisturbed and is able to perceive things or reality as it is, unclouded or un- unfiltered by uh, previous habits or... Uh, 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 preconceived notions or ideas. And so meditation helps us to bring the scattered energies of the mind uh, focused on an idea or point so that we can further explore it and understand it and our relationship to it. Based on the many years that you have been writing, you've been talking, uh, you know, you've been guiding people, the, the years you have spent with the Hermetic Insti- Institute of Hermetic Sciences, what do you believe? What does Mark Stavish believe happens after we die? It's really in many ways no different than what we experience in uh, uh, meditation and sleep. That's why various uh, schools of uh, what we call dream yoga mm-hmm. are so important, and that's why I wrote uh, Between the Gates, Lucid Dreaming, Astral Projection, and the Body of Light, because we need to maintain uh, a certain level of self-awareness, and all of the classical schools say this and that how we respond to those influences, those ideas, those images, those feelings that arise in sleep or in meditation, they occur at death as well. And uh, so we need to be able to be relaxed and focused enough uh, to enter into whatever the next phase of life is going to be, and whether that's uh, reincarnation in this mm-hmm. world or whether it's a, uh, some kind of heavenly or astral domain, or like many of the Buddhists have the Pure Land practices, uh, something of that nature, you need to be able to make that decision yourself. And you can only do that if you have some control over your own mind. It's, there seems to be so many different variations of, of thought when it comes to afterlife. You know, so many people believe in reincarnation that we come back many, many times. And I, my question is, why do we have to keep on coming back? Why don't we just have a big meeting wherever we go and exchange the information and then just hang around the clouds with the little harps and uh, the wings and fly around. Why do we need to come back and over and over and over and over again? 
Well, it depends on who you listen to, and, and there's uh, the idea that we need to come back implies mm-hmm. a certain. Uh, well, it's just a way of addressing it for folks, uh, kind of to give it this a schoolboy effect, this schooling. Where in reality, most people don't reincarnate out of this choice; they do it out of instinctual habituation or fear. See, the physical world gives us stability, and you know it's like having a nightmare. You know, when you're having a nightmare, what happens? You want you you want to run, you want to wake up, and then it's over. Well, think of you're having a bad experience in, in your death process. Mm-hmm. You know, you're unstable. You know, you're drifting around. You're afraid. You're trying to talk to people, and they can't hear you, and you can't grab anything, and all sorts of stuff is happening, and it's much more intense because you're not used to it because you didn't have a practice in life that would prepare you for those experiences. Well, what happens now is you want to bring some stability and shelter. You want to find a closet to run mm-hmm. and hide in, and we call that birth. Now, the other the other possibility is is that you prepared for that and you have a goal in mind. Uh, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to reincarnate. This is where and this is what I want to do and be. Just as you would in this life, a career path, or you want to go to a particular level of consciousness, yeah. and meet different kinds of beings. Mark, so I, I you know I want to thank you so much for being with us. We've run out of time for tonight. And Exo Nation, if you'd like to find out more information about Mark, visit his website, Hermetic Institute. Org. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Visit us online on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV, our website, xzoneradiotv.com, and my email address, studio at xzoneradiotv.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't you dare go away. Zoe and a cold brew for yourself. Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at kroger.com slash boost. 